Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Life and Art from FT Weekend. I'm Lila Raptopoulos. Today we're talking about vegetables because it's getting cold and dark and traditionally that makes us want to cook cozy recipes that revolve around some big hunk of meat that you can braise or stew or slow roast. But vegetables can be cozy too. So I'm speaking today with Hetty McKinnon. She's a best-selling cookbook author. She's written five vegetarian cookbooks. Many of them are influenced by her parents who were Chinese immigrants in Australia. Her newest book came out this summer. Honestly, I love it. I use it all the time. It's called Tenderheart. Hetty is here with me in the New York studio today. Hetty, hello. Welcome to Life and Art. I am so thrilled to have you. Hello, Lila. I'm so happy to be here today to talk about vegetables. To talk about vegetables. <laughs> I am looking at the beautiful cover of your book, which I use so often. Um, but before we get into it, I want to make sure you've been vegetarian for more than 25 years. I've been a vegetarian for... 30 years now. Okay. Yes. So, you, so you've been a vegetarian for 30 years. Yes. Help us see vegetables through your eyes. Like, what What do you love about them? I know that's a big question. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, I love them so much. I think about them constantly. <laughs> um, when I became a vegetarian, I was a late teen, and I wasn't that interested in food. I, mm-hmm. didn't, co- I didn't really start cooking, you know, enthusiastically until after I had kids, actually. But I always, um, food was a part of my life growing up. Obviously, my mom, she instilled a great love of food and a great appreciation for eating well. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really think about vegetables that much until I started this salad delivery business in (laughs) Sydney. Mm -hmm. And I started kind of thinking about the way they can move to the center of the plate. Like that can be your starting point. For every meal. Mm-hmm. So empowering people to cook really confidently and well with vegetables and helping them feel like they've created something really hearty. Yes. And yeah. that they're not going to walk away feeling hungry mm-hmm. or that they've missed out on anything. That's a really exciting part of my job. Yeah. Yeah. I um I feel that way with your cookbook. I am not fully vegetarian. Mm. Um and yet I am pulled to your cookbook often because many cookbooks are beautiful and nice to look through, but you just don't find yourself using them. Yes. Yours I use. It's like easy to follow and I feel that if I trust the recipe, it's gonna come out with like a lot of depth and flavor. Yes. Um I have a colleague who is vegan and he is constantly trying vegetable-based cookbooks. And he says that yours is the only one that he's ever had that has no misses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm so happy to hear that. I, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I come at this um, basically at the position where my readers are. You know, yeah. I'm a home cook. I'm not a chef. And what I want in my food is a lot of flavor, a lot of umami, and I'm feeding a family too. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, it, these things need to satiate. And so that really is 
kind of the driving force of how I'm developing these recipes. And I'm also quite a selfish recipe writer. <laughs> I want to, I develop the recipes I actually want to eat. Yeah. Um, so I think that really comes through in a lot of the recipes that I write. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk winter cooking. Mm. Um, I think a lot of us rely on stews and meats and meaty yep. broths to feel like we're cozy. Yeah. Um, can you help us be cozy without yes, <laughs> being I can. forward? Like what would be a dish that you make that exemplifies winter to you? Oh, well, there's a mushroom ragu in here, which is actually the very first recipe I developed for the book. Wow. Because I knew I wanted to do um, like a mushroom ragu made like you would make a meat ragu, like adding stock slowly cooking it down, letting all the umami mm-hmm. and kind of earthy woodiness of the, the mushrooms kind of ease out gently. Right. Um, that's a perfect one. I serve it with a baked polenta. But there's also um, like the kale chapter, for example, is one that I will use over and over again in mm-hmm. the winter. Right. So there's a, a beautiful kale and orzo recipe, which is um, a one pot recipe. It's a Always a hit in our family. Yeah. I have three children. They're pretty good with vegetables. But the kale chapter is one that I, every time I make something from that chapter, they'll eat it. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this kale and orzo dish. It's a hit in your family. Say we were going to make it and I called you on the phone and I said, Hetty, I'm going to make this kale orzo dish. How do I start? Well, I'm going to open it up. Okay. Let's do that. Um, so I opened exactly to the kale um, oh, beautiful. chapter. It's meant to be. Which is perfect because I want you to see it. You use like I like to use a whole bunch of kale. Dill. Sorry, before we start, I'm just going to um, share what it looks like. Oh, yeah. So it's a big pot of orzo. And then there's a little bit of cheese and a lot of dill. It looks like many shades of green. <laughs> yeah. And and Very the greenness, much. the dill is quite um, essential to mm-hmm. it. It brings life to it. It makes it kind of taste like the earth. Okay. Now, people are always going to say to me, what if I hate dill? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know what's wrong with you if you hate dill. I can't help you. However, you could replace that with another herb, mm-hmm. you know, like go, but you got to go strong on that one, that, that right. one note herb. Right. Um, I think what, because this has lemon and feta, I think other herbs that would go with it is mint. Right. Parsley. Oh, yeah. Cool. Mint would go really well. Okay. So how do we, uh, I'm, I'm with you on the phone. Okay. Uh, so How you've do got, I make this So thing? get your bunch of Cavallo Nero or regular kale mm-hmm. or another bunch of greens. Take the stem off, pull the leaves off and kind of t- just tear them up. Amazing. Don't even have to chop them if you don't want to. Great. Um, and then you take a, a deep skillet or a Dutch oven, mm-hmm. um, saute off some onions, some garlic. Nice. Um, and then we're going to add green onions or yeah. scallions, whatever mm-hmm. you call them, with some dill. And just to cook that off, because I think when you cook herbs, it kind of brings out a different characteristic there. Interesting. Um, and then we're going to add the cavolo nero or kale stems, mm-hmm. cook that off first, and then we're going to add some more herbs, so mint, dried mint and oregano. Yeah. I mean, all of those things are very adaptable. And all my recipes, there's um, they come with substitutions, mm-hmm. ways to veganize things. So you can, you know, play around, use what you have. Yeah, that's helpful. Okay, so we're cooking off the herbs, we're adding the kale stems, and then what? Um, then I'm going to add the 
the actual leaves, mm-hmm. the leaves from the greens, and then season everything up. And our seasoning is always really important in vegetable cooking, mm-hmm. whether it's winter or not. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to season at every single turn, right. every single layer. If you're roasting a vegetable, season that. Right. That don't wait till the end because at the end it should just be, you know, your top note, you right. know, just, just the ending. But like if you're, every little element needs to be seasoned. I know this is silly, but I feel like people teach you that about meat dishes, but they don't tell you that about vegetable dishes, that you like kind of layer the flavor over time. You can do that with vegetable dishes the same as you can do it with meat. I've noticed that too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Hedy, let's just finish out the kale and orzo dish we were talking about. So we're at the point where we have the kale in the pot, everything's been sautéing, it's been seasoned. And then we're going to add in your orzo, just so a box of orzo, which is usually 450 um, grams or one pound. Yeah. And then we're just going to add our stock. Now, I usually use um, four cups of stock to one box of pasta. And then we we just put the lid on and we let that cook for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then you lift the lid and then you just, you know, always taste. And then we add um, some butter and some lemon zest and yeah. dill and feta and lemon juice and, and all those um, bright notes. Yes that are going to pick this dish up. So this is like a real favorite in our house. It's something that I will make when I can't think of what else to make. (laughs) We all need a dish like that. Totally. So your cookbook is separated into a few different categories of vegetables, Mm -hmm. but it's not every vegetable. No. (laughs) Um, Are there a few staple vegetables like kale that can really be a base for a lot of different winter plant-based dishes? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely with this book, I really wanted to go everyday vegetables. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to be like too precious about going to the farmer's markets. You can just go to your supermarket. Mm -hmm. We eat, as I've mentioned many, many times before, we eat broccoli all year round. Yeah. And if I can't think of what I'm going to make, I'll just char some broccoli and add it to whatever, like whether that's <laughs> pasta or sometimes I'll do like a, even in, in the winter, I still eat salads. But having that hearty charred broccoli, you know, charred mm-hmm. broccoli is like the probably the most joyous food in the world. Yeah. And that's one thing I would say with um, any vegetable cooking, uh, the burnished, golden, even burnt parts of the vegetable are your flavor. Right. So do not be afraid of that. You know, get them dark yeah. if you can. Texture is really important to me with um, with vegetable cooking. So I like to have the, you know, slightly kind of crispness mm-hmm. too with the burnish because that's giving you like two textures, which is something that I've, I'm always looking for in vegetable cooking. Right. Okay. So um, broccoli is a broccoli. great vegetable partially because you are able to do all those things with it, right? Have exactly. the charring and the burning exactly. and the texture and the and, flavor. And cauliflower too. Cauliflower yeah. I think is um, also an all-round vegetable in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in this book I do things like I make an adobo, which is a Filipino dish, mm-hmm. where it's um, kind of braised in in soy sauce and vinegar. Nice. And, you know, like vinegar is such a, an important element to remember in the winter. Yeah. Because your body is feeling sluggish from the heaviness of the weather. So vinegar is actually this thing that awakens your body up. Hmm. So what, are, what is your favorite vinegar? 
Oh, I have a lot of vinegar. <laughs> what do you use most often? Um, I have, I love black vinegar, which is a Chinese black vinegar, mm-hmm. but probably mostly apple cider. Yeah. Apple, everyday apple cider vinegar because yeah. I, I love the flavor of it. It um, lends itself very well to winter cooking. Are there other things like that that you really recommend people have that can transform vegetables or that you um, use that often? I mean, I think that there is no point in roasting a vegetable without a spice. <laughs> I think certain vegetables work well with certain spices, but I also don't want to give rules to that. Yeah. Because I have, I think your very basic spices, cumin, um, coriander, ground coriander, yeah. turmeric, yeah. Um, paprika. I yeah. would say as a, at a base level, you have those four in your pantry and you can use that, mix that up, use one if you want use all of them, and adding that extra layer of flavor at the very beginning before you roast is transformative. Yeah. Hetty, so when it's a terrible day outside (laughs) and you don't want to go out and your family's in and you're watching movies and you just like want to be in, (laughs) what do you normally make? What's your personal kind of go-to dish? Um, If I'm going to be honest, I'll make jok, congee. Oh, wow. Because I always have rice in my pantry. Yeah. And you just need rice and water. Yeah. Could you um, very briefly describe juk or kanji for anyone who doesn't know? It's one of the most ancient it is. recipes in the world. It right? is. Yeah. And many cultures um, in Asia will have their own version. It has mm-hmm. different names across different cultures. And it's made in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically it's a rice porridge, I yeah. guess, if we're going to just break that down. Um, in, I'm Cantonese, so we call it juk. And my mum's version is really just made with water and rice. Growing up, she would add like, you know, bones to it if she had like (laughs) some sort of pork bones hanging around. But it's such an elemental dish. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very basic and it's plain. Mm -hmm. It's it's meant to be plain in Chinese culture. Um, I know in other cultures like Vietnamese culture, I think they add like some lots of garlic to it. And so it's another dish that's very versatile. I always eat it with maggi seasoning. I think people call it Maggie here, (laughs) but it's like a seasoning sauce. But growing up, it was the only dish I was allowed to put that (laughs) seasoning sauce on. It's like really salty. (laughs) Isn't it amazing that something with so few ingredients can bring the most comfort? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It often is is the way, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hedy, my last question is, I would honestly just love to hear a little bit about your father. Uh, This book, Tender Heart, is, of course, a cookbook, but it's also about him. And I have in the margins the word homage a lot. It really does feel like an homage to him. Um, He was a fruit and vegetable wholesaler when you were growing up in Sydney. He was a greengrocer. I know he died when you were young. How did he instill a love of vegetables in you? Well, as you mentioned, my father worked at the produce markets. And um, growing up, our house was just full of vegetables, like boxes and crates, like not little <laughs> bags or little bowls of vegetables, just right. just an abundance. I just remember like he just loved, um, that was the way he showed his dedication to his family was just showering us with, you know, fresh produce every day. Mm. Um, and so after he passed away when I was 15, I didn't really think about the impact that he had on me, actually, and for many decades I yeah. didn't until I started working on this book. And 
this was originally meant to be a book about vegetables purely. Right. You know, just uh, 22 of my favorite vegetables. But as I started thinking about the role that vegetables have played in my life and why they're so important to me, his story just kept coming. But in the end, it's joy. You know, mm-hmm. it's the, it's, I feel like I gave myself so much license to be really so creative in how I put these vegetable recipes together because it was riding on joy. I wanted every recipe to convey joy yeah, because um, that's what I want to walk away from. You know, with this memory of my dad, um, I want to feel the happiness of, you know, his memory mm-hmm. and for me, that manifests in cooking with vegetables. Totally. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, Hetty, this was such a delight. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Lila. This has been delightful. <laughs> That's the show. Thank you for listening to Life and Art from FT Weekend. Take a read through the show notes. It's got a lot of great stuff. I have links to Hetty's cookbooks and where you can find her online. I have the best discounts for a subscription to the Financial Times. And I also have a ton of ways that you can keep in touch with me and with the show. Our email address, our Twitter handle, X handle, my Instagram, all that. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and here is my talented team. Katya Kumkova is our senior producer. Lulu Smith is our producer. Our sound engineers are Breen Turner and Sam Javinko with original music by Metaphor Music. Topher Forges is our executive producer. Cheryl Brumley is the global head of audio. Have a lovely week, and we'll find each other again on Friday.